what the fuck is up besties it has been a hot sec and listen i haven't even been being a lazy bitch i have been booked and busy this month okay so happy new year because i know the last episode was from december happy new year hope 2022 has started off well for you guys if it hasn't really doesn't matter because the new year technically doesn't start until february because january is a trial month yeah that's my mentality about it because one of my big things was like i'm gonna make myself have a solid workout routine did i fucking do that no and this is why i don't like new year's resolutions because january is the month of failure however that being said i'm gonna brag for a hot sec okay and it's not like fully bragging it is but like i'm gonna update you on why i've been so unavailable to podcast this month so This month started and I was like, boom, new year, still in a pandemic. Let's not get our hopes too high. And then I went away to film a show in Wales. So I couldn't really podcast then. Even if I brought my laptop and my microphone, I was up at like 6am every day and didn't get back into my hotel room until like 11pm. So there really wasn't time. I barely had time to FaceTime my own mother, you know? And that was just such a surreal experience. But I mentioned that because, one, I'm fucking proud of myself. And two, I had incredible imposter syndrome. And this is something that people have asked me to speak about. And it's something that I've struggled with a lot. Like, regardless of what environment I'm in, I always feel like I don't belong. And yeah, it's a personal problem. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my god, I'm just going to blame imposter syndrome. And that's that. No, it's a fucking personal problem. And like, I... I'm just an incredibly insecure person. Let's just say that. And I'm working on it. I'm trying to realise that I deserve to take up space. I deserve to have a seat at the table. I deserve to do things that I'm working my arse off for. And I think with the show that I filmed, one of the biggest reasons that I felt imposter syndrome is because I was there like, I'm just a fucking social media person, right? And I've spoken about this before and how incredibly weird I feel about saying that this is my job. But like it is. And I need to accept that. And I need to be able to say it with confidence. Otherwise, I'm not going to feel confident when big opportunities come my way. And so I was on set with this incredible production team. And honestly, all I want to do right now is shout them out and say that they are the best fucking production team in the world. But I don't think I can because the show isn't out yet and it might hint things. I don't know. As soon as I can say what production team I worked with, I will let you all know because they were the best. But obviously they're very experienced in their professions. Like there was, I don't even know the whole terminology, but like ADs and camera crews and directors and all this shit. And I was like, oh my God, like you guys are, you guys are fucking talented. And I remember we went out for dinner one night and I was saying to one of the producers, I was like, I think I felt so like pissed at myself one of the days that we were filming because I kept looking away from the camera, not to be annoying, just because it's like a human response to follow voice. And if someone speaks, you like immediately turn to them. But if you're in front of a camera, you need to keep looking at the camera. You can't just turn your head to look at who's speaking. And I was like, like I have the easiest job on this set and I'm the one fucking up. And everyone was like, what the hell, like, you have the hardest job, and I was like, are you fucking serious, like, you guys are making sure we're in the right place before the sun sets, like, doing all this shit, and they were like, no, I could never do what you're doing, and I was like, I could never do what you're doing, and it kind of made me realise that as humans, we compare ourselves to other people 
without giving ourselves the credibility of the specific skill that we bring to the table. And, you know, I was right. Like, I don't think I could produce or direct or do any of that, even though that world fascinates me so much. And, like, I'm obsessed with directors and the art that they have and the crafts that they have. But on the other hand, they felt the same way about me. They were like, I couldn't do what you do. Like, I do not want to be in front of a camera. I do not want to be natural in front of a camera because this wasn't scripted or anything like that. I mean, it was partly scripted, but whatever. It was basically me being me. And it kind of made me realize that I need to stop thinking that everything I do is inferior compared to everyone else. Because another side of that is realizing that other people's wins aren't your losses. And I think for a really long time, I used to get bummed out when people my age were doing things that I wasn't doing. And it made me feel like I was losing at life. But this isn't a fucking game. Like, yeah, life isn't serious, but this shit isn't a game. Like, we're not in competition with each other. And I don't know, I kind of left that whole experience and tried to show myself and teach myself that I deserve to take up fucking space. Like, if I'm going to have any sort of resolution for this year, I want that to be it. Like, I am going to take up space that I know I deserve. And it's just, it's just really annoying sometimes to constantly feel like you don't belong. Because I think imposter syndrome kind of carries into many aspects of life. It's not just jobs and it's not just, like, events and things like that. Sometimes I feel it in the gym and I feel it in workout classes and I'm like, oh my god, like everyone's so much better than me or everyone's so much fitter than me or more ripped than me. And another situation where I felt like that was recently I went to a, like a vegan protein something event, right? And it was being held at SoulCycle. And if you know me, if you follow me, you know I'm obsessed with SoulCycle. I go to SoulCycle every single day. And I thought like, hell yeah, this is like, my home. This is my comfort place. I will feel comfortable at SoulCycle. So like, yeah, I'm going to go to an event there. Oh my God. I've never felt more uncomfortable in my life. Like it was just so, so anxiety inducing for me because the whole time I was just looking around the changing room and I was like, there are all these influencers with like a million followers and like, they are like gym people and fitness people. Like, that's their brand online. And they're like shredded and dump trucked out. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't belong. And it was really frustrating for me because it kind of brought to light the fact that when it comes down to imposter syndrome, the outer world can't really help you with that. Like, you need to deal with it yourself. And I say that because I was in one of my comfort places and I still felt like I didn't belong. So that's a me problem, you know, like that's all on me and I'm working on it and I really want this year to end with me knowing that every single space that I took up, I deserve to take up. Because realistically, like, why the fuck not? You know, like, this life is so short. Why not take up space? And it will intimidate other people. And it will make people have different opinions about you. But there is no point keeping yourself small in a world that has endless opportunities for you to fill. And I don't know. I think specifically because now, like, I, I'm in this social media space, which isn't typically something I ever thought I would end up doing. Like, I stumbled upon this career as an accident. Like, I was just really depressed in lockdown and I made a video about it. And then here we are. And I'm so fucking grateful, obviously. 
but it's not really something that I ever prepared myself for. You know, like with law, which was my initial career plan, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm shy and insecure, but I can act my ass off when I'm in a courtroom. And I grew up acting and I was very much like, these acting classes will help me when I have to pretend to be a boss bitch as a barrister. Like I had a plan, okay? I didn't plan for the social media thing, especially because I started it in a lockdown. So I like really wasn't going anywhere. And as soon as lockdown lifted, I was very much like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean this is no longer just me and my phone? And I had a meeting in person the other day and all the meetings I've had up until that day had been on Zoom. And I was actually like, I actually don't know if I can do this. Cause like meetings, that sounds professional. And I, again, felt so out of place, but it was fine. And I think this is a big thing. And this is why I think that imposter syndrome is related to insecurity and anxiety. Because once it was over, I was like, yeah, fucking nailed it. Like immediately I was like, damn, we did the damn thing. Like I did that. And there was no reason for me to worry. And so I do think those things are inherently linked because that's the exact same way I feel. Even when it is an imposter syndrome, I'm just feeling very anxious about something. As soon as it's done, I'm like, wow, okay. Was the panic attack necessary, Mary? Like, let's please take some deep breaths here. But yeah, that was kind of long-winded. But that's why I haven't been podcasting. I've been away. I've been filming. I've been meeting people. I've been doing brand deals, which is like fucking cool because finally, you know, I have an income. And I went to Soho Farmhouse with my best friend and we took a little staycation. And then I met Jazz, if you don't know who Jazz is, she is just Jazzy IDK on TikTok. And she was one of the first influencers I ever followed on TikTok. And I was just like, this bitch is me. And then everyone always comments on our videos saying like, you remind me of Mario, you remind me of Jazz. And we met and we like spoke all things social media and dating and hookup culture. And it was really cool and like nice because I typically haven't really stepped into the influencer scene to be like friends with influencers. And it feels really nice to have someone that I can just speak to about that shit who gets it because like as much as my dad is my best friend and I tell him everything, I'm like, this is what brand I'm getting and like, this is what video blew up this week, etc., etc. Like he's a boomer, like he has no fucking idea. He thinks it's so bizarre. Like he's the most supportive dad in the world. But he's literally like, Mary, what the fuck? Like, why are people sending you shit? Like, why do you get paid to make a 60 second video? I'm like, I don't know, dad, I don't know. But like speaking with Jazz was really nice and comforting and like kind of made me realize that there is no shame in what I'm doing. And like, she's fucking owning the game and it's really inspiring, especially because like she's a woman of color and like she's very open about her mental health online. There are so many similarities about us on such a like profound level, I guess. And it was really nice to just like sit down with her, like have some margaritas, have a picante, have dinner, like talk about the whole space and like how we find it and how we're navigating through it. Because I feel like I've done this with her by my side online and then to meet her was like really cool. So that brings us up to today. Um, and I mean, next week I'm going to Amsterdam, but then I have like no plans for the rest of the year. So here we are, besties. Anyway, I always get asked what books I have been reading. And one of my goals for this year was to read more because I kind of slacked last year. But I 
worked with Simon and Schuster, which is like so fucking cool. Like that's one of the publishing companies alongside Penguin that I have like always been so abundantly aware of because I was such a fucking nerd as a kid. So when they reached out to me to make a TikTok for them about reading, I was like, sign me up, bitch, let's go, let's fucking go. So for them, I had to read It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. And honestly, like everybody on TikTok has been fucking talking about that book. And people have been telling me to read it. And I was like, okay, like, fine, whatever, I'll read it. And I just never got around to it. And then they sent it to me. And obviously that meant I had, like, a date that I had to read it by. And I read it in one sitting. Like, one fucking sitting. And I remember whilst I was reading it, I was thinking, why did everyone say they cried at this book? Like, I did not cry. Like, I'm a strong bitch. Antidepressants have kicked in. Yes, let's go. The fucking last couple of pages... Oh my God, I was heaving. I was heaving through tears. I'm telling you, snot pouring out my nose at 1am. That shit was painful. So if you have not read that book, I 110% recommend that book to you. It was so fucking good and so heartbreaking. And if you don't like cheesy cliches, then I don't want to hear it, okay? Because I I liked it. I hate when you read a book and you say that you like it and then someone's like, it's so cheesy. It's so cliche. Okay, what if I like that? What if I like that? Like, I don't even know why I'm getting so heated about this, but it really pisses me off because I'm just like, not everybody wants to read The Great Gatsby. Like, you can't just sit there and say that the best books in the world are the ones that are like critically acclaimed classics. Like, sometimes you just want to read a book that's so unbelievably cheesy and romantic because you read for escapism, okay? And my love life is a shambles, so I like to read about them, okay? Uh, what other books did I read? Oh, I read You and Me on Vacation by Emily Henry and... If you have listened to my podcast before and I've mentioned books, I normally mention Beach Read by Emily Henry because that is one of my favorite books. I just loved it so much. So when I saw that she had You and Me on Vacation or People You Meet on Vacation, depending on what country you're in, I was like, yeah, fuck it up, bitch. I'm gonna read this book. And everyone was like, it's so good. Some people even said it was better than Beach Read. And I was like, better than Beach Read? Okay, let me give it a go. That book was fucking awful. Okay, like, I am so sad because I had such high expectations and I don't even think it was my expectations that tainted my perception of the book. I just think it was a bad book, okay? Like, I just, I didn't enjoy it. Um, Not saying that other people can't enjoy it, I just personally did not enjoy it. And what else have I read? I read Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. I really liked that book. I just did not like the ending. The ending pissed me off so, so much. It felt like, you know, when you're a kid, and you have to write a creative writing piece in school, and then you're, like, timed. Like, you only have the length or the duration of the class to write it, and then you see that you've got, like, two minutes left of class, and so you just rush the ending. That's how Ugly Love felt to me. And it really upset me, because I loved the majority of the book. Like, like severely loved it. Like, was attached. I did not want to put that book down, and then I got to the ending. I was like, no, 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 no way. Where's the rest? Where is the fucking rest of this book? No way. Are we done? But we were done. So that's that. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've read this month. Let me check my Goodreads. My Goodreads is Mary Stephen, for those who ask. Um, I don't know what the specific, like, at is. I don't know if it has an at. Honestly, I've had a Goodreads account for years. I just barely ever fucking use it. But I'm trying to get good at it now. Oh, okay. I read Other People's Clothes by Carla Henkel, I believe her name is pronounced. This book 
was so good. Does it drag out? Yes. So if you have a bad attention span, maybe do not read it. But I think I have a pretty bad attention span and I was still hooked because by the time you reach like the plot of the story, you cannot put that shit down. It is so, so gripping. And it's not like a romance or anything like the other books. It's maybe let's say a psychological thriller. Well, would you say that? I don't know. But it's so good. Like so, so good. 100% recommend. I am currently reading two books at once, which is never a good idea. But I am currently reading The Secret History by Donna Tartt. So far, it's absolutely amazing. And I am also reading You Exist Too Much. And I really like where that book's going, but I think I'm going to put it down so I can finish The Secret History. Um, because I was initially reading that book at the beginning of the year and then went away to film and like didn't have time to read and then read a bunch of other books. So I want to finish that one. Um, but You Exist Too Much is also going well so far. And then I think for February, my my reading list is comprised of The Song of Achilles, Beautiful World, Where Are You? Which is by Sally Rooney. And if you don't know, I am not Sally Rooney's biggest fan. I tried to read Conversations with Friends and did not enjoy it. But I am going to give Conversations with Friends another go. I'm not going to read Normal People. I don't care. Um, what else? I have a bunch of books that are saved on my Goodreads that haven't been released yet or like haven't been published. No, is that the correct word? Whatever. They haven't come out in shops yet. But, um... I want to read The Hunting Wives, Trick Mirror, All Her Little Secrets, The Hiding Place, The Spanish Love Deception, Verity, Homesick for Another World, um, The Invisible Life of Adi LaRue, A Little Life, Everything I Never Told You, November 9. I literally have a very long list, so I'm not actually going to bore you with that. But, yeah, I have refound my love of reading not that it ever completely disappeared but sometimes when I don't read like a book a week I just don't ever go back to reading and I feel that way about tv shows and films as well because as of late I just like haven't been watching anything and I deleted my Netflix because I was like I literally don't use it I just see the payment leave my bank account every month so I deleted my Netflix and then I abandoned my Disney Plus, but then I got a notification that they took money out of my account. So I was like, oh shit, okay, let's check it out. And they have High Fidelity on there. High Fidelity is one of my favorite TV shows ever. Like, yes, do I have a massive crush on Zoe Kravitz? Absolutely. I love that show. If you have not watched High Fidelity, please go and watch it. It's on Disney Plus. But back to what I was saying, sorry, got a bit love struck for a moment there. Um, I have just like not been watching anything apart from High Fidelity, which I started again yesterday. But I just, like, don't find myself having the attention span to engage in a new show in the way that I can just, like, rip into a new book. Which really doesn't make sense because, like, shows I can watch and be done with in a shorter amount of time than it would take me to read a book. But I just don't know. I don't have the the capacity for it in my brain anymore. And it really sucks because I was such a big movie buff. I still am. But, like... I think especially because in the beginning of lockdown, I was watching like 10 movies a day. Like I kid you not, like it was bad. And I was binging so many TV shows and Netflix shows. And I think I just like bored my brain and it needs to be stimulated with books now. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that because 
I can read in public and I can like read on the tube and like read in coffee shops and things like that. Can't necessarily watch a Netflix show on the tube. Um, and you might be thinking, yes, you can. No, you fucking can't if you have AirPods because the tube is so fucking loud that you can't hear anything. Like I can barely hear my own thoughts whilst I'm on the tube. Um, but yeah, so that's the book update. Um, if by the next episode I've finished more books, I will obviously update you on that. But one thing I actually do specifically want to talk about is the fact that, like, good shit can happen and you can still feel miserable, right? So this is taking a dark turn, but hear me out. I obviously am on antidepressants. It's something I don't shut up about. Um, But, you know, sometimes I catch myself thinking there are so many good things happening right now. Why the fuck aren't you happy? And it really doesn't help that there are a lot of people online who you know comment on some of my videos like you have the best life in the world like you have no reason to be depressed or they'll be like why are you depressed like what started your depression babe I don't fucking know like I hello I don't know my brain just doesn't work the way yours does like okay um and I think it's really easy as well when you're so aware of how lucky you are and like how good things are going to realize that your brain is just kind of like against you kind of fucking sucks because it just makes it worse it's like when people comment shit online I'm like do you not think that I'm aware of the contradiction that is my life like do you do you think that I am just buzzing through this life unaware of my own brain like no I am obviously very aware that the good things happen in life but I also want to specifically mention that most people only put the good parts of their life online. And one thing that bugs me is like, do we not learn? Like, have we not learned from the past that like, you never know what someone's going through ever. Like Robin Williams, like, come on. That was like one of the first, um, that was one of the first situations that I was ever like, whoa, like you really do not know what someone is going through because like he was making the world laugh whilst his life was crumbling and I just think like don't be so fucking fast to judge people because another thing is like people saying well you're just not trying hard enough what the fuck do you mean I'm not trying hard enough like I get my ass out of bed I take my antidepressants I work out if there are days where I just want to sit in bed and cry I deserve to do that because I am trying and even if I wasn't trying I am still allowed to feel the way I feel like there is really no other explanation for it but the biggest thing that I have been trying to remind myself when I get sad in let's say like specifically happy moments I try and tell myself that I am here living despite everything and you know I think the new year can kind of bring those feelings in for people I think when you see a new year a new calendar year as opposed to like a birthday year because that carries its own weight but like a new calendar year is like wow like I did it and I don't know for some people it might not be like that but for me it really is it's like every time we reach a new year I'm like I survived a year that tested me in ways I didn't think I could pass or it tested me in ways that I didn't think I'd be strong enough to get through and I've made it to January and like I don't know it feels like an achievement and I'm like, I'm here living despite what that year brought me. 
And I think that's just so fucking cool to remember in the moments that you doubt yourself, in the moments that you, you kind of shit on yourself because you feel like, I don't know, like, oh, I am so aware of how depressed I am, even though I have people around me, or even though I go to a good school, or even though this, even though that, like, your feelings are so fucking valid, feel what you need to feel, okay, because suppressing anything you feel is not going to help you in the long run, I can promise you that, because for years, I tried to tell myself I was not depressed, I was like, bitch, you have good things in your life, there's no way you're depressed, I'm sorry to break it to you, but that is not how depression works. Depression does not pick and choose between who has the best life and who doesn't, okay? It just happens. And as I said, sometimes you think people have the best life and they fucking don't. They just put that shit on Instagram and TikTok and whatever other social media platforms. But, like, do not be so fucking quick to judge because this is another thing that I'm so big on. Like, right now, I'm 23. Well, I started social media when I was like, just before my 22nd birthday, so, like, just over a year, the parts of my life prior to that are not online, like, there are some Instagram pictures, and that's it, like, there is nothing else about my life before the age of 22 online, and there isn't a me that exists online at that age, if that makes sense, and so, like, sometimes I find myself getting pissed off when people are like, well, you have it so good, blah, 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 I'm like, yeah, it can look that way, but also remember that, like, I started making an income on social media, like, six months into doing it, and so, obviously, like, I then had a disposable income to do whatever the fuck I liked, and I know that's a privilege in and of itself, and I accept that, and I'm aware of that, but, like, bitch, you did not see the 15-year-old me that was going through some deep trauma, and that is shit that I will never speak on, like, I don't want to share that part of my life, and that's absolutely fine, like, it's not even, I don't want to share it because I don't want to tell people, like, it's not my story to share specifically, like, there are other people involved that I want to protect, and, you know, I think that's something that people don't really consider, that, like, I had a life before this, and I will always try and be open about things that solely involve just me, but, like, I have family and friends that, like, don't want their life online, and, it's not my position to be like, yeah, this happened with them and this is how it affected me. Like, that's not my shit to do. Like, but just, I'm saying that not for sympathy at all. Like, I do not need any sympathy, but I'm just saying it as a reminder that like, you will never know the entirety of someone's life. Like, you just won't. And even if you think you do, like as humans, we are closed off in many ways. Like there are things that we are just not willing to show people and there are sides of ourselves that we don't show people. And like the most authentic version of yourself is the you when you're alone. And that's why I always say that you have to become your own best friend first because if you only like a version of yourself when you're out with other people, that's not the most authentic version of you. And so it's gonna be a real hard journey figuring out the whole self-love thing. And I'm not saying that I've conquered the self-love thing because I haven't. I mean, I started this podcast episode by saying how incredibly insecure I am, but I'm working on it and I spend time alone and I, I go to workout classes so I can be by myself for 45 minutes. And I know you probably heard that and was like, by yourself, there's 63 people in a soul cycle class. Yeah, but I'm not speaking to any of them. Like for 45 minutes, that is me and my body pushing ourselves beyond what we thought we were capable of. And that's what I love. And sometimes you need those alone times. You need those moments where you are just by yourself and you are like, okay, cool. This is me. 
this is what I'm going to do to learn to love this version of myself. And this is how I'm going to extend it into every other part of my life. This is how I'm going to extend it into me showing up as a confident person, even if I'm not yet. This is how I'm going to show up and battle my imposter syndrome. This is how I'm going to show up and take up the most space that I can because I fucking deserve to. Okay, so now I've done all the accomplishments and goals and like deep shit about the new year. Let's get into the friendships and relationships part of the new year, okay? So listen, if you know me, you know I am not a dating bitch, but I'm trying. Like I downloaded Hinge, okay? That is my dating app that I'm using right now. And I just fucking hate it. Like I hate it so much. There was just something about dating apps that just doesn't, I, I don't know, like it's fun for five seconds, but I always say it's a glorified game of hot or not. And like, I have kept the app on my phone. I have spoken to some people, but I'm just like, I fucking hate small talk like so much that this just does not appeal to me at all. And then I think, okay, like how am I gonna meet someone? Not that there's any rush or anything, but I'm just like, I wanna dip my toe in the dating world. Like I wanna go on a fucking date, okay? Like I wanna, I don't know. I just like, I'm 23, I'm 24 this year, okay? like. I need to go on a date. Just like, even if it doesn't go anywhere, I just need to do it for the sake of doing it, okay? And I have been like talking to this guy on Hinge and I'm just like, oh, I can't do this. Like, I don't know, I just, I just, it's just so long, you know? And there's like so much to know about a person before you go on a date with them, in my opinion. I know some people are just like, fuck it, let's go on a date. But like, I just, I don't know, I'm like, I wanna know who you are first. Like, I wanna see, if there is any point in me doing this, because at the end of the day, like time is valuable, okay? Like time is actually valuable and I am really not trying to waste hours on a date with someone who just is like talking to a brick wall because we have nothing in common. So, you know, I have Hinge on my phone. We'll see where that goes. I barely open that app anymore, but I did in fact hook up with this guy. And you know, I'm so open about this topic with you guys because you're my besties. We're just two besties having a little chat. And this is how I would explain it to you if we were sat together in a coffee shop having a little catch up about the January rundown. So let me give you the backstory. And I fucking hope that he does not listen to this because we follow each other on Instagram and I will probably post this on my story. But we... No, wait, no, no, wait. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. So I was out in Soho with my bestie. Mm, actually, that's not the beginning. Okay, wait. <laughs> Backtrack. Uh, I was out in Kensington with my bestie. And you know me and my sertraline body. Like, one drink is going to push me over the edge. But I was drinking Palomas. And if you don't know what Paloma is, it's grapefruit and tequila. And... Those are the two things you are not meant to consume on antidepressants. So I am not encouraging anybody to do this, but here we are. This is me and my little reckless life. I was drinking Palomas because there was a happy hour menu and they didn't have margaritas on them. And I'm a margarita whore, okay? Like I could fuck up a margarita, but they didn't have margaritas on the happy hour menu. And I was not paying full price for a margarita when there was other drinks for half price. So I was getting the Palomas, okay? And we're about three Palomas in and then I turned to my best friend and I'm like, should we book Soho Farmhouse for next week? And that's what we did. So by this point, obviously I had already lost all judgments about anything because why was I spending that much on a staycation? I do not know. And it was like a random decision. But anyways, we booked Soho House or Soho Farmhouse rather. And then I accidentally took it from my dad's bank account because his card is connected to my Soho House app. So then I started panicking and I was like, oh my God, I need another drink. Obviously I sent my dad the money immediately. 
Um, but he was like, Mary, it's fine. Like, I know you wouldn't spend that much money from my bank account. But I was so tipsy at this point that I was like, please don't hate me, dad. Please don't hate me. And he was like, Mary, shut the fuck up. Like, bye. And I was like, okay, bye, dad. Uh, anyway, kept drinking. At this point, like, I am fully seeing double, but I'm like, no, 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 no. The night is young. Like, the night is so young. And my best friend has, like, a full-time job now. So when I see her, we go hard because life is just not the way it was when we were at uni, you know? it Like, at uni, we had all the time in the world to do dumb shit, so it was fine. But now, like, we have specific days. Like, we're adults now. We're, we're booked and busy. Anyways, I'm rambling. So we have a few drinks there and then happy hours over and we get our asses out of there. So we head to Soho and I don't, I don't really know what the plan was, but anyway, we went to Kettner's and we had, did we get food? Actually, I can't even remember. Anyways, we went to Kettner's and we met a group of people that I didn't really know. Actually, well, I don't know why I said really know. I had no idea who they are. I met them at the fucking door. Um, and then like one thing progressed blah 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 at this point i am plastered but i think that i'm so fine like i think i am so fucking fine so then we're like running to the bank and i face plant the fucking floor like my knee is actually horrific like it still hasn't healed i have two very deep wounds on my hand like i just i don't even know what happened like i don't i thought i was so fine and then i wasn't but you know when something happens and it just sobers you up instantly that's what happened like i face planted the floor and i was like oh okay so anyway stop drinking and then like i was fine i was absolutely fine and then my best friend fucking disappeared. So there I am by myself, just chilling in Soho. And then my phone dies. And so I am walking around. I'm like, does anyone have a charger? Like, does anyone have a portable charger? Blah, blah, blah. And then I bump into this guy. And he's like, we have a massive group of guys. And they're like, I don't have a charger, but we're going out. And I was like, fuck it. The night is young. Like, I, I'm coming with you. I do not recommend doing this. Like, I really don't. But... I did. And you know what? I'm going to be your big sister here and be like, you live and learn through my experiences. So don't copy me. But anyways, I went back with this guy, blah, 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 hooked up with him, etc., etc., And it really got me thinking. I have come so far with my experience with hookup culture. And I give you the whole rundown because I didn't just want to be like, hooked up with this random guy i wanted to set the scene but anyway i never normally stay around at a hookup's house because i just i don't want you to read into this like i don't want to be waking up snuggling in the morning like that's not what this is this is we both have needs and we get the job done but this guy was like no like stay around and i was like okay like okay fine fine you've convinced me um and so i did and then I woke up in the morning and I was like, oh, this really isn't too bad. Like, this really isn't a big deal. I think in my head, I made staying around at guys' houses, like, such a big deal. And was like, no, I can't stay around because I don't want them to think I want a relationship. Like, I was just so defensive when it came to it. And I stayed around. And I was like, oh, like, this is actually kind of cute. Like, I, I'll be real with you. Like, morning kisses kind of cute. They kind of hit differently. Um, But... From that, I was like, you know, thinking about it and thinking about how I used to feel when I would go home after 
hookups and like you know your walk of shame or your uber of shame and I always just like literally felt that I was just like no I feel shame but after that hookup I was like oh my god like okay girl boss like we're running the damn thing like we're doing well like whatever and I have seen a bunch of people's different opinions on hookup culture like I for one am very pro hookup culture duh like I think like if you want to do that you want to do that I'm not saying it's for everybody but like if it works for you, it works for you. Like, you don't need to be in a relationship to get laid. Like, you know? You know? The girls that get it, get it. The girls that don't, don't. That's it, really. Um, but I think the reason why now I was so like, oh, like, this is fine. Like, this is fine to do that is because I wasn't really holding back with this guy. Like, I stayed round and, like, we had an actual conversation and, like, got to know each other. And, like, yeah, it was just one night, but it was still like, what I wanted, and I feel like a lot of the time when hookup culture is spoken about in such a negative light, it comes from the shame that comes after it, and it's like, well, is it worth it? Like, is it worth doing that if you feel bad? And, like, no, it's not. But I think if you kind of work on yourself and, like, what you want and, like, what you want from that situation specifically, then it can be great. It can be good. As long as you're being safe, like, get checked, use protection, be on birth control, you know the list, then it can work for you. And I feel like I've I've spoken about the whole religious guilt thing a lot and like how, I don't know, I feel, well, used to feel very there about sex and, and it made me feel as if I was doing something incredibly wrong that isn't normal and literally human nature. And I think that like after lockdown specifically and just like not being able to do that made me come to terms with like well what do I actually want from this when I can do it like when it's safe and people are vaccinated and you know the world is kind of getting back to what it used to be and hookup culture goes back to what it was I know that people were hooking up during lockdown you guys you are the cause of Omicron but anyways um yeah, when things go back to how they once were, like, what do I want from this? And I just kind of sat down with myself and was like, okay, well, you don't need to be a people pleaser in bed. Like, that's not, that's not something you need to do. If you're going to be a people pleaser, the bedroom is the one place that you do not need to be a people pleaser because it's you that needs to be pleased, babe. It's you. And, you know, there's so many, there's so many times where I, like, feel myself changing things about me to impress other people but it's kind of like well why do you want to be with someone that you feel like you have to change yourself to be with you know and the guys that I've kind of hooked up with recently have all been people that I felt incredibly comfortable with so I think that's a massive thing I feel like it's really important to be comfortable like first and foremost and make yourself know that you're safe because if you're not safe and you're not comfortable then you probably won't have a good time but this is not me saying like just go and sleep with everyone you know it's me saying like if you participate in hookup culture or you I don't know are thinking about it or it's something you want to do then one be safe but two know that like your comfort comes first and if it doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you but there are also other like-minded people that will be on the same page as you and like you can say no you can say no at any point and that's absolutely fine and absolutely valid but 
there are also times where you will want to say yes and it will feel right and that doesn't make you a whore and it doesn't make you have all these negative connotations surrounding you like you are literally just being a human being okay and like if that's what you want to do that's what you want to do and like I am 23 and like a lot of my friends are in long-term relationships but also a lot of them aren't and a lot of them are just like testing the men out there you know seeing what they like try before you buy if you will and there are just so many there are so many different levels to the dating and relationship life I think especially in your 20s like I have people who went to school with me who are fucking married and that is just not me and that will probably never be me but that doesn't mean that I don't want a relationship ever. Right now I don't, but it doesn't mean that I never want a relationship. But also like right now I want to get my back blown out. So that's what I'm going to do. You know, it's just, (sighs) it's a weird one because I think with guys, it's always like, well, he's just getting it out of his system before he finds the one. But when a girl does that, it's not the same. Like, it's not perceived the same. But it's literally the same fucking thing. And if we can accept guys doing it, then goddamn, are we gonna accept girls doing it. And anyway, that's my little ramble on hookup culture. Next thing I wanna talk about is friendships. When it comes to friendships, I always feel like at the beginning of a new year, I am gonna cut people off if last year failed us. Like, I... I don't know, I just think, like, the new year is a time, traditionally, for, like, reconciliation, and if you've had an argument with someone, they might be like, let's not carry this into the new year, or whatever, so, when it gets to the new year, I go on, like, a massive unfollow spree, and I'm like, well, I don't even fucking talk to you, so I don't want to see your Instagram pictures on my feed, like, I don't care, you know, and so I did that, and I deleted a bunch of numbers, and then I got a text from a plus four four number, like, I don't know why our friendship ended, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, I don't know who it is because it's a plus four, four number. But it kind of made me feel bad for a second. And then I was like, no, I did this because I'm not carrying anything else into this new year. Like, I need to focus on myself this year and I don't need to carry any baggage from last year. And the reason I say I felt bad is because I think it's normal to feel bad when friendships end. Even if it's for the best, it's very normal to feel bad. Like, if someone was such a big part of your life, it makes sense. But sometimes you can't grow if you stay in relationships that kind of hinder you in a way. Like, they keep you in a specific mindset or they keep you in a specific period of your life that you're ready to outgrow. And sometimes people are in different levels in their life. And I know I said life wasn't a game, so I'm not talking about, like, level 42 or whatever. Like, I just mean different situations in their life. And they don't work with your current situation. And that's absolutely fine. I don't think that we all need to hold on to friendships that we've had forever because sometimes they don't work out. And that's absolutely fine. But then sometimes it's so easy to fall back into that and be like, no, but I miss them. And that's like comfort for me because now if I find new friends, I'm going to have to re-explain my life to them and open up to people again. And shit like that sucks sometimes because it's like, you got so comfortable with one person and now you have to do that again. And you have to bring your walls down and you have to be open. But there is so much beauty in that. There is so much beauty in like opening up to a new person and having them like, be a light for you in different ways. It doesn't mean that the person that you're no longer speaking to is replaceable or the person that you're no longer speaking to 
didn't mean anything to you. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that life has taken us in different places. And I know for me specifically, like this year, I really do want to focus on myself and focus on my goals and things I can achieve. And like, there are so many things I want to do this year that I didn't even dream of last year, you know? And so, yeah, it might be perceived as selfish, but I need to take this time for myself because I think also for a lot of my life, I have given so much of myself to other people that I have never really sat down with myself and said, Mary, what do you want? Like, what do you want from this life? Because I think if someone asked me that like five years ago, I would say, I want my friends and family to be happy. And like, yeah, I do. Of course I do. But that's not what I want for myself. Like, that has nothing to do with me. I can obviously contribute to their happiness, but that has nothing to do with my long-term goals. It has nothing to do with where I want myself to be mentally, where I want myself to be financially, where I want myself to be physically. Like, that has nothing to do with that. And so I want to sit down this year and be like, girl, this is the plan. Give yourself the platform. And I don't know, I, I, I do find it heavy sometimes to look back and realize that these people aren't in my life anymore. But I also realized that there's a reason for that. And whether or not everyone in the world understands that reasoning, it's justified because I feel that way and my feelings are fucking valid. And so, yeah, this year started off with like, what, five friends? Not that I've ever been someone since I was like in secondary school, someone to be in big friendship groups. Like the last time I had a big friendship group, I was literally 16 and I did not like it for one second. But, like, I've never really had loads and loads and loads of friends. And I like it that way. I like keeping my circle small. Doesn't mean I don't have a bunch of acquaintances who I, like, have love in my heart for. But, like, friends, to me, they're like my sisters. And so, like, I don't use that term lightly. And I don't have a lot of them. And that's absolutely fine. Like, I'm so cool with that. Like, I love it. I love having a small circle. I love having, like, five people who I just know would ride or die for me. But it can also just be lonely sometimes when you have to move on from people and and parts of your life that were so monumental in making you who you are. But it doesn't discredit that. Like, leaving a friendship doesn't discredit all it gave you. It doesn't make it invaluable. It literally doesn't have to be bad. You just kind of have to know that it's time to step away sometimes. And yeah, you'll feel shitty for a bit. I'm not going to sit there and lie to you but you'll get over it. You'll get over it. You'll heal. You'll realize that this was what was best for you. And if it wasn't, then give it another go. You know, like it's, it's not like you have to make a decision in life and then stick to it for the rest of your life. Sometimes you come back to people. Sometimes there are people who you drifted apart from who come back to your life and it's for the best. But sometimes you drift away from people and they stay away. And that is also for the best. And maybe this year you also need to hear that. Maybe this year you need to realize that there are things that are hindering your growth in specific friendships and you either address it and see how you can overcome it together or you just say, listen, I'm going to love you and leave you. Like, there's no bad blood, but I just can't physically become the best version of myself in this friendship. And you deserve to become the best version of yourself. Every single time you have to choose you, okay?